Welcome, bent riders around the world. My name is Gary Solomon, and you're watching the Laidback Bike Report. What a special treat to have you all with us today. We're so glad you're watching the Laidback Bike Report. Let me tell you what's on today's webcast. Going to open up, as usual, with our pal Hans Agala and uh, his recumbent news. Uh, he's got uh, a little bit less news and a little bit more discussion today. I think you'll enjoy what he's got to say. Uh, our featured guest today is Francois Garneau. Uh, he has started a, a company to make Velomobiles in Quebec, Canada. Uh, it's called Velomtech, and uh, we are excited to show you everything that uh, Francois has told us about this new company. So be ready for that. Uh, next, our own Trey Burgoyne is going to join us with a step-by-step uh, installation of an e-assist on his uh, one of his trikes and uh, Trey does a great job with this so I hope you'll stick with us for that. Uh, next up you might recall uh, recently we posted that video of a uh, upright uh, rider chasing down Doug Davis in his Velomobile on the road. Um, that upright rider is actually uh, a former Peruvian national champion uh, rider uh, her name is Alessandra Rodriguez, and we had a chance to chat with her. So uh, it, she's she's really a, a wonderful uh, person to talk to, a very interesting, and she has some things interesting to say about uh, recumbents as well. So stay tuned for that. And Nina Paley is uh, back with us uh, this month, and she has a video about her mango, which she calls Frosty. Frosty has uh, undergone some uh, repairs and uh, she was without her Velomobile for uh, a couple of weeks. And uh, we got a little video of what happened to Frosty and how he got fixed. So uh, stay tuned for that one. And lastly, uh, we have a tribute to uh, Ken Poindexter. So stick with us through the show. I think you'll enjoy it all today. All right, let me introduce you to our crew, somewhat of a skeleton crew so far. We've got... Uh, Trey Burgoyne down at Jackson, Mississippi. Trey is doing the media. Trey is doing the directing. He is uh, pretty much all-purpose guy today. Trey, how you doing, pal? I'm awesome. How are y'all? Good to have you with us. And uh, down in Cold Spring, Kentucky, it is Larry Varney who is with us. And uh, Larry, we're glad to have you. Thank you. Glad and, to be here. And uh, Trey popped Joseph in. I think he just showed up. And uh, there we go. Joseph Janning in Germany. Joseph, we're glad to have you with us today. Hi, good evening to you all. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit later on. Let me move along here and uh, tell you guys about our live chat. We like to have you all participate uh, by uh, letting us know where you are watching from, of course, and send us your comments. If you have questions for any uh, of our uh, guests today, please pop those in there. We'll see if we can get those answered for you. And uh, what about supporting the Laidback Bike Report? You can do that by liking us on Facebook, 
subscribing to us on YouTube. And by the way, we did pass the uh, coveted 10,000 subscriber level. So we thank you all very much for that. Uh, so yeah, please support us on YouTube there. And don't forget to click that little white eye up there if you'd like to go to the Laidback Black Report uh, website where you can find lots more information, our past shows, what we have coming up. You can buy a hat, uh, lots of cool stuff there. So uh, we'd appreciate that. You can also find out more about becoming a Patreon supporter which we really appreciate. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Well, our show is also supported by some amazing sponsors, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about them right now, starting with TerraCycle, makers of exquisite recumbent parts and accessories for your bent, and Trailside Trikes, a fine recumbent trike shop on the Withacoochee Trail in Florida and now in Knoxville, Tennessee as well. And TerraTrike Greenspeed, the best in leisure, performance, adventure, touring, electric, and portability. Wherever your adventure leads, TerraTrike will take you there. And Greenspeed, where Ian Sims designs bring performance through science and engineering. And Laid Back Cycles, the top USA dealer for TerraTrike and the premier source for CatTrike, Ice, and Greenspeed. We give you the freedom to ride. And Connecticut Yankee Peddler. There, we'll get this going here. I think Trey may be having a little bit of trouble. There we go, a little delay on that. Connecticut Yankee Peddler. We feature multiple brands of trikes, including electric assist models. Test rides and Southern Iowa hospitality are always available at our mega store in Charlton. And Avenue Trikes, with the gearing you need and the comfort you want, in stock and ready to ship so you can enjoy riding again. Dealer inquiries are welcome. And Azub. This Czech company has already made many bikes for our handicapped friends. Thanks to them, many people have gained new freedom and become members of the recumbent community. Our last masterpiece was a trike for a rider without arms and just one leg. What a story, right? And recumbent PDX. With a 150 trike inventory, recumbent PDX is the West Coast's only cat trike megastore. We have over 20 trikes on our showroom floor just waiting for you to test ride through our beautiful Portland neighborhood. Call or email to schedule your test ride today. All right, guys, let's uh, kick it all off with Hansa Gala and the news uh, from the Czech Republic. Hansa, what do you have to say with us today? Hello, everybody. Honza from Recumbent.News here. This time, I don't really have any news for you. Uh, I have uh, two or three topics uh, I would like to talk about. And the first one is that if uh, we would be in the pre-COVID time, I wouldn't really have the time to uh, prepare the video for you or join you during the show, because I would be at the Spetsy show at the moment, or it would be right after the show and I have to say I really miss uh, miss it, miss this event. Since 2020 we are waiting for the 25th edition to be held in 
Germersheim, Germany, and the the longer it takes, uh, the more I uh, miss uh, the atmosphere, meeting with the recumbent enthusiasts, uh, industry people, uh, with customers, and so on and so forth. So I uh, I really hope we will be able to meet each other in. Um, Denton, Ohio this fall during the recumbent cycle con and uh, next year in Germersheim, Germany uh, for the 25th Spezi show. Uh, so this is my little wish now. And uh, the second topic is uh, that uh, uh, a little charity uh, stuff. At ASUP, uh, besides other things, we try to help uh, one young Ukrainian refugee, uh, uh, an artist from Kyiv, uh, Ksenia. She's working on a calendar for us for 2023, uh, which will uh, include 12 illustrations, recumbent illustrations. And uh, of course, there will be 12 originals. Uh, in a free or size that is close to US tabloid size and you will have a chance to buy one or two uh, in a little auction that should support um, Xenia and her uh, situation here in the Czech Republic where she tries to remotely continue her studies um, in the university, but also uh, she has to somehow earn money for her living here. So uh, you can go to azub.eu and uh, see a link where the little auction is is uh, held at the moment. Uh, it will go uh, first four uh, illustrations are there. You can start bidding. And uh, all the sum will go directly to Xenia, and uh, we at ASU will uh, pack it uh, later, the, the illustration, and send it uh, to you wherever uh, in the world. And the shipping uh, cost will be free of charge and the packaging. So everything will uh, go to Xenia to support her. And the third topic is um, a little celebration for me because uh, in the recumbent.news I uh, already have uh, 1000 active subscribers uh, uh, that receive uh, every news uh, and every post uh, right after uh, it is published. And uh, besides the ever-growing uh, number of visitors, this was uh, one of the targets and goals I uh, have had. And uh, this one is fulfilled now, so I'm happy. So if you want to receive, receive the recumbent news um, as soon as it is published, just subscribe as well. And that's it. Uh, I won't be able to, to join you today, 
because I'm working on remodeling uh, of our new house and I hope I will uh, be able to uh, have a little office here as well so it will be much easier for me to join you in the future so um, yeah enjoy the show and uh, see you next time bye thanks Hansa and uh, yeah we're sorry we, we you couldn't be with us today but uh, congratulations on hitting a thousand subscribers to the wonderful recumbent news guys you should subscribe Hansa does an amazing job with that uh, so knowledgeable and such interesting uh articles that he publishes so do it if you haven't already and uh, yeah and azub uh if you go to the azub website I and mean, we'll have the link in the description below you might be able to help out that young lady from ukraine uh looks like she does some really interesting artwork uh i might actually make a bid on one of those they look pretty cool so thanks hanzo let's move along now to our first uh, segment today uh, as I mentioned earlier, it is about uh, Francois Garneau, who is an engineer in um, Quebec, Canada, and he has a company called Volantec, which is about to come out with a new Velomobile. Uh, so uh, let's get into the uh, video now. We'll learn all about Volantec. All right, guys, uh, we are here with Francois Garneau of uh, a new Velomobile company called Volantec. And uh, Francois is going to tell us all about his latest uh, ideas about Velomobiles and a bit about his history as well. So welcome to the Laidback Bike Report, Francois. Nice to meet you again, uh, Gary. Thanks, it, for, uh, thanks for your time today. Of course, great to have you with us. Why don't we start out with uh, a bit about your personal history? Can you tell us a little bit about your education, your uh, professional past? Yes, for sure. Um, uh, <clears throat> I am a creative guy who, uh, very, who is very handy and very uh, excited about uh, building different product products. So, so I got my degree in, uh, in, in a university in Montreal. Uh, in uh, automated manufacturing and automated engineering, I worked for uh, many years in small and medium and large companies uh, as a project manager, as a manufacturer, uh, design and manufacturing engineer. I, I saw the first time a Velomobile in the Popper Science magazine many years ago. I said, wow, it's a very nice project that I could design and make in the future. After many years of thinking about that, uh, there's a day where I, where I saw the Blue Velo company uh, in, uh, in Toronto. And then I decided to get in touch with the, the owner. And, uh, and, and, and the story started there, and it was in uh, 2007. Once you visited uh, Blue Velo and you saw the various types of automobiles there, did you end up purchasing one? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I was uh, interested of, of this product. <clears throat> at that time, I was riding a bike, and I never ride a trike before that. But for me, it was a great experience to... To, uh, to go there and, and try two kind of uh, uh, commercial Velomobiles. Uh, the first one was a Go One and the second one was a cat bike. Uh, so it was a very great ride in Toronto streets. And uh, after uh, 
get up, getting off of these uh, Vilmobiles, I said, okay, I want, I want to create and have, uh, and have a business uh, for building these kind of machines in the future. Francois, can you tell us then what became your founding uh, principles, your ideas around putting together a company to build Velomobiles? The main reason for um, promoting this kind of um, very ecologic, ecological uh, vehicle for me was, okay, if, if, if I can promote this, this kind of vehicle, that we, which is uh, uh, practical, efficient, safe, and uh, very good for, for the environment, I said, Maybe it could be an added value for the society and, and also a way for me to promote all, all, my, all my capacities as a designer, as an engineer, and, and, uh, and as a business uh, an entrepreneur uh, to, uh, to make this, this kind of business, business in Quebec. From my, from my point of view, uh, I, I really think that Vinmobile can be not really mass-produced, but produced in, in a in enough quantities in, in, in the in Canada to to be used in North America and maybe in Europe and uh, to become a world leader world leader in, in this kind of uh, a vehicle. So so that was a, a, a high goal, a very quite big goal for me. Tell us about your early prototypes and take us through the story of the early uh, VX ones and twos. Okay. Uh, so as mentioned before, I started to design a complete 3D model of the, the VX1. It was in 2016, <clears throat> and um, after talking about uh, this my project to some uh, collaborators in in February 2016, I created uh, Tech uh, Incorporated, and by the end of 2016, I built two big molds to um, to create the body shell. Okay. Because on this design, there was a aluminum structure, so it, it, there was a kind of uh, trikes inside of inside the body shell. So at the end of 2016, I was able to to make a first test ride, and it was in September or October of that year. So uh, so uh, we have the picture right now of the uh, the Vilmobiles that was uh, riding, and it was a, a front wheel drive with an electric motor on the front wheel. So the rear wheel has only two uh, disc brakes, and the steering and the drive, the the uh, the, uh, the, the the driving wheel was uh, was on, on the front. So it, it was a an, an interesting design. And uh, along the 2016, I added uh, some components like a small and a, and a big bubble for the protecting the uh, the head. And uh, in 2016, I, I continued to, um, to test ride a product and going into a, a show in Montreal uh, and share the information about Venomtech. And um, after riding the Vilmobile for maybe 1,000 kilometers approximately for testing, I, I, I found that this design was not rigid enough or um, good enough to go to the step of pre-production. Okay. So, uh, so I, I, I make many searches on on the internet to 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 look for other options for uh, improving the design of the of the Vilmobile. So I started to um, to look for a, a rear wheel uh, drive with uh, with a differential installed in, in the on the main axle of the rear wheel, 
and, and keep going with the front wheel drive that could be electric assist. So, so I designed in 2018 the, uh, the VX2. It's a, it was a quite big uh, project again because uh, uh, it was not from designing from scratch, but it was uh, I, I had to redesign most most uh, most of uh, all the parts. So uh, by integrating a new kind of, of rear wheel on, on the back, uh, uh, changing the motor on the front, changing the, the, the battery and the controller. And, um, and then the other challenge for me was to design and, uh, and make new molds for, for the, the upper portion of the mobile, which, which we can see in red, and the lower portion of the body shell, which is uh, also made in the composites. So for me, it was a big step to go to the composite wheels uh, by designing the molds and making the first parts uh, made of uh, glass fiber and epoxy. So uh, <laughs> and in the, so I I built a complete prototype and at the end of uh, 2018, uh, I was able to. Uh, it was also in September. I was able to make the first test rides of the uh, complete VX2, uh, as you can see on, on pictures. And uh, it was very exciting for me because there was a lot of mini feature on it and um, it was uh, working fine. And uh, and I met uh, in September, I met the first customer of uh, Willem Tech, which is a guy coming from Ottawa uh, region. And uh, after looking at the website, he said, oh, Francois, I would like to this is the, the product I need, uh, how can I order it? So I said, okay, <laughs> uh, come to visit us and and um, and uh, you will make a test ride. And, uh, and if you make, if you are happy with the test ride, then you will be, you will be my first customer. So, uh, <clears throat> so it starts from there. So in 2019, I built the first uh, pre-commercial version of the VX2, which which called the P000. And uh, for me, uh, it was a nearly production prototype. So I had to uh, change to make many improvements on the, on the design, but most of the, of the concept and the, most of the compos components were very close to the, um, the first uh, VX2 prototype. And uh, after building this, uh, this unit, then I start uh, building the uh, the serial number uh, 001 that we can see in, in the red color. And um, so in that year, I, I, I delivered the first VX2 uh, to a customer in, in Ottawa. So, uh, and I, I think he's still writing it uh, since that time. So, and, and very, very happy with the product. So. <laughs> There was a, a huge transformation in your thinking about the Velomobile between the VX and the VT. Clearly, mm -hmm. you went from a, a Delta design to a Tadpole design. Yes. So uh, before we start talking about your current uh, Velomobile, the VT1, I was wondering if you can talk a bit about this transformation in your thinking. Why did you do this? Yes. <laughs> um... <clears throat> The, the main reason I, I, I decided to, to shift to do a tadpole configuration was um, 
after uh, building three Velomobiles, three Velomobiles, so the uh, serial number uh, uh, one, two, and three <coughs> um, that were that were sold, uh, I made a lot of uh, activities for uh, sharing the the product, sharing the information about Velomobiles, and along this period, I was not able to. I met a lot of people. I went to a big show in Toronto. Many people were uh, interested into the product, but but uh, very uh, only few people go to the step of pre-ordering the product and and, and saying yes, I want this product in my in my garage or I want to use it. So I said, okay, uh, I can continue the the to develop my my company. Uh, in a product that can be easily or that that will probably meet uh, product maybe meet more or, or better the uh, customer requirements. So uh, I decided to uh, to talk about or to, to develop uh, the v, VT1 concept uh, just on the 3D CAD design and uh, looking for different. Uh, uh, Design assemblies and and concept and uh, and I I, I decided to start sharing this new design on with my um, uh, newsletter uh, subscribers uh, and uh, and the results was uh, very exciting so people said okay uh, uh, if you go forward with uh, a VT one or a tadpole configuration I will be more interested to uh, to become a uh, a customer for 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 you so so for me it was very inspiring to to say okay it's maybe the last chance to to keep going by investing a lot of time and money in my business if there is a product that that will be more popular and more easy to to sold uh, to people in Canada and, and US so all the information and and the experiences i got for for building these machines uh, were very uh, uh, very interesting for me to to design and made the the next the next model with, that was uh, that would become the the VT one. Okay, so the the VX two was a, a tremendous learning experience for you. It put you in good stead to move on to the next step, which yeah. is your current step. Tell us about prototyping and design of the VT one and such. Okay. So um, for me to go from a delta configuration to a delta, to a tadpole configuration was a major step, and um, there's there is a lot of tracks on the market. So the different kind of uh, steering mechanism, different kind of suspension design, uh, different kind of uh, frames and seats. So so you know you know what I mean because you are involved in the, the in the world of recumbent. Uh, different kind of uh, brakes and uh, so many things. So uh, I started to um, to make a first uh, a first really prototype made of plywood and uh, and two wheels on the front and a very basic uh, suspen suspension on the rear with a tiller uh, mechanism for the uh, the steering uh, and uh, also with the, the same kind of seat that I that I, I had in the VX2. So we built the first prototype that we can we can see on on the uh, uh, on the on the website of Willem Tech somewhere, 
Uh, and after that, uh, we built a second one, a second prototype that we can see now in the, in the picture, uh, which has the drum brakes, uh, Stormy Archer drum brakes on the front, the rear suspension, uh, and now we move to the steering mechanism, uh, not the steering, but the tank steering mechanism instead of tiller, because we found some design and manufacturing and functionalities um, issue with the tiller mechanism. So, so that's why we we moved to a, a, a tank steering uh, design. And uh, after building these, this this second prototype of the, the, the VT1, then I said, okay, the next step is to design and and, uh, and make the components for building the fairing. Uh, and so so we got the 3D model that you can see uh, on the picture. So that 3D design includes all the components uh, uh, in uh, in the 3D model for either uh, all the components were designed in 3D, uh, and and after that, I uh, I design and make the, the the molds because for me to to make big molds for making the, the body shell was a, another challenge. I never uh, did that before with the the best the practices for building molds for for that. So I, I had to. Um, to get uh, support from people very ex with very very experienced people in in uh, design and make uh, composite molds, so <clears throat> I, I made a design uh, and uh, finished the molds uh, in my in my uh, in my garage because that the company was in my garage and uh, in, in, in my basement at, at that time, and. Um, so the picture we can see uh, uh, of me in my garage by uh, when when I was molding the the, the main door of the um, uh, of the BT one. So it was a vacuum uh, vacuum uh, molding, with, and, and and I decided to to have all the components, all the body shell components made of carbon fiber, with a would say custom sandwich uh, construction. At the end of 20, 2020, I made the first uh, uh, left side of the body shell that we can see now. So it was fully made in carbon fiber. So for me, it was a really, very interesting goal by being able to produce that kind of parts. So, and along 2021, um, <clears throat> I, I built the complete uh, Villemobile. So during the month of May or June, I, I had the complete Villemobile, so I, I started to, to test the, the VT1 with the first configuration, which was with an eight-speed transmission without any uh, gear motor in the back. Uh, and, and then we started, uh, and then we test the VT1 with the eight-speed transmission with, uh, with a gear motor in the back. And uh, further, uh, during the summer, I was able to, uh, to purchase a, a roll-off transmission, which is a 14-speed transmission. And after that, I, I tested the 14-speed transmission and the electric assist motor in the back. So, so along the 2021, there was a lot of uh, testing and improvement of, of the design. And and uh, at the at the fall of 2021, I started the uh, the uh, pre-ordering process for uh, for purchasing a VT1. At the end of 2021, um, <clears throat> I, I decided that 
to keep going the business activities, I, I had to uh, to involve uh, one or two business partner uh, with me because, uh, as you could Im imagine, along since 2016 to 2020, I invest a lot of money and and uh, thousands of hours in this uh, in this project. I get in touch with Pierre, and Pierre is is already a, a writer of. Uh, of a Vimobile, uh, Vimobile because he, he's an owner of a, of a Quest. And uh, so Pierre said, okay, uh, you, you would like to, to, uh, to have a, a partner for, your, for, your, for keep going your business development. So we share our, our values and our goals and our project. And, and, and then Pierre uh, decided to, uh, to be my per, uh, business partner. We said, okay, we need to find uh, uh, an appropriate uh, industrial location to to move from my home uh, business to an industrial uh, place where we can expand. We can uh, set up uh, the shop as required to build uh, in a series uh, the best automobiles in Canada. All right, Francois. Now you mentioned briefly uh, expanding into the new facility, and you had to build a team uh, also to uh, for this new business. Uh, tell us about the. We're looking at the picture right now of the new facility and your team. Tell us about your team. Designing a product is a, is one thing, but when we go to uh, if we want to promote and, and then start the production, we need uh, to build a team. <clears throat> so the first employee. Um, that uh, get into the team was uh, Igoshi. So he's a mechanical engineer uh, from Montreal, from a Montreal University. So he started from um, uh, with us, uh, with me in, uh, in January, at the end of, of January this year. And then the second person was uh, Gino. So, so Igoshi is just uh, on my left side. Uh, then uh, there is uh, Gino, which is uh, on, the, on, on my right side. So Gino is involved in uh, uh, building all the uh, the mezzanine that you can see in in, in our in, in the back of the the image, and is uh, is a, a very uh, skilled, uh, highly skilled uh, guy. <clears throat> and the last person that were hired in the in the last week is uh, Lilian. She, she will be involved in uh, accounting and and administration uh, activities. All right, we, we've seen where you're building it and who's going to help you. Let's take a very close look now at the product, the VT1. Okay. And uh, let's let our uh, viewers understand better what uh, this Velomobile is all about specifically. So, uh, Francois, if you could, let's take a tour of the VT1, starting with uh, the outside features. Uh, can you specifically talk about what we'll see on the outside of the VT1? So uh, on the VT1, we have the, the, the rear side of the Vilmobile. Uh, on the lower portion, we have a hole that can be used as a, as a handle to put your, your, your fingers in it to, to move out uh, or to, to lift the Vilmobile. And we also have um, three LEDs uh, that will probably become to two LEDs. The first one, uh, the first red, uh, the first, uh, uh, red ones will be for uh, flashing. So for positioning the Vilmobile on the road, and the, the, the second LED will be also a, a red one that will, LED, uh, that will show up when you, when you apply the brakes. 
On the front, we have uh, here uh, we have uh, twin inches uh, wheels uh, and uh, uh, mounted on a drum brakes, 90 millimeters uh, external Sturmi Archer drum brakes. <clears throat> and on this image, we see a wheel cover which is made of a polycarbonate. So that's why it, it's a, it's a, it's a clear polycarbonate. So we can see inside. We also uh, have on, on the main door uh, uh, the uh, the small visor that that provides some kind of uh, airflow going over your head over your head when you ride in the, in the cold uh, weather. We also have the, um, the the mirrors, so left and right mirrors. And on the front portion of these mirrors, there are spots, <clears throat> lead spots that can be used for uh, night riding. So um, <clears throat> there are very interesting uh, devices. On the front, we have an air inlet that provide the, uh, the airflow for, for the drivers. And this inlet will be updated for, for the design to be used also as a handle to lift the front of the Bellmobile. Right now, it's, uh, we can put our fingers in, in, inside the, uh, the, the grill, but uh, uh, it's not <laughs> very ergonomic. On the left side, we can see the, the front wheel cover. This is the same part, but uh, it has been... Uh, painted in the interior uh, side so so it provides a different look and uh, so probably that these two options for uh, the wheel cover will be available for the customers. All right Francois let's uh, now jump to the inside of the VT1. Tell us a little about that. To get into the mobile we just have to flip the top as we can see right now with uh, we have two inches on the that um, uh, attached to the main door to or to the door to the the main body shell, and uh, in the future we are looking to to install uh, uh, another kind of inches that will um, provide some kind of uh, uh, installing and re and remove um, the, the the door from the body shell. So so we're, we are working for that to be available for the production model of the the VT1. So when we go inside, we can see the aluminum frame that is uh, strongly attached to the, the floor of the uh, body shell construction. Uh, <clears throat> we have the front portion of the, the, that frame that holds uh, the, uh, the, the, the bottom bracket and the, the crank set. And uh, also uh, we have the chain <clears throat> at and that chain is going from the, 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 the chain ring to an idler just located just uh, maybe six or seven inch lower. And the, the way we install the, um, uh, the idler over there <coughs> provide a, a very easy way to adjust the chain length and to adjust the position of the bottom bracket depending on your, of your uh, body size. So um, what we can see also, uh, on this picture is on the left side uh, and left side and right side we can see the two uh, can see the two handlebars because it's a tank steering configuration and uh, on just on the front we can see also uh, uh, cell phone uh, support that uh, that could be useful for uh, many people these days. <laughs> 
Uh, on the left side of the um, of the interior, we see the uh, psychoanalyst yeah. display. Yes, um, because the, the 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 configuration you see right now is the is the uh, roll-off configuration or the 14 speed 14 speed configuration with the electric assist. So we have the psychoanalyst on the left. Uh, we have uh, also on the right side on the right handlebar the uh, multifunction. Uh, switch that is used for applying the uh, the flashers left, left and left and right, um, and also the uh, the horn, and also the uh, the, uh, the two front beam uh, uh, that are located into the mirrors. So the seat is made of a carbon uh, fiber uh, with a, a mesh uh, installed on it. Installed on it. And um, when we remove the seat, we can see the uh, the big battery, the uh, forty-eight volt battery uh, attached to the uh, the floor. Uh, there is a place for uh, the uh, the bottle. There is a place for the uh, the, uh, the, the, the the rear suspension, <coughs> and um, the rear suspension is is uh, is uh, based on a concept with uh, two el elastomer that are installed just under the the swing arm on the, the front portion of the swing arm and the way to adjust the uh, uh, the strength of the uh, the suspension is just by moving forward or aft these two uh, polyurethane uh, elastomer or suspension rubber. <clears throat> so it's quite easy to uh, to adjust the, the, the suspension uh, depending on your uh, body weight or depending if you are uh, uh, bringing a lot of stuff in, inside the inside of the mobile. So on this picture we can see uh, the roll-off 14-speed uh, transmission. So the way it works is the, the front the front chain come into the uh, the gear up which is which I call the, the transmission and the exit uh, there is a, an exit uh, cog or chain ring that goes from the transmission and go and then goes to the the, the, the rear sprocket so uh, and in this configuration we can see the uh, the the, the uh, the gear motor installed in, in the rear wheel. So all the three wheels are 20 inches uh, diameter. Uh, on the back, we have a Marathon Plus um, uh, tire. And on the front, right now, we have uh, Marathon Racer tires. So now we are looking in the inside <coughs> a second time. But now with the real um, the, the, the rear uh, wheel guard that is uh, a standard part that uh, is uh, installed in the in, in the mobile. It protects the driver from the the water, the the the, the mud, and all the uh, all the, the things that can comes from the ground. <laughs> it, it reduces the, uh, the 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 noise coming from the rear chain and coming and coming from the motor. The noise was was not very high, but when we installed this component. It reduces because the the noise is going to to the direction of the ground. Francois, can you can you now tell us about the experience of riding the VT1 now that you've got it 
you've prototyped it, you're putting it into production. What might our viewers who are interested experience on the VT1 ride? Okay. So riding in a VT1 is a, is a great experience because um, the, uh, there are many things. The, uh, the way the, uh, the steering mechanism is working is uh, very interesting because it's a time steering mechanism. There is no suspension on the front, so uh, but I, I, I keep the, the rear suspension because it's uh, essential to, to be more comfortable when you are riding in, 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 on the roads. And um, the other things I would like to mention is uh, uh, the uh, the VT1 with the electric assist uh, is uh, providing from 100 watts to up to uh, 750 watts at least. And the since it's a gear motor with a clutch clutchless, it provides uh, the uh, the e-braking. So when you apply uh the uh, uh, pressure on the uh, on, on the brake level lever uh it it makes the motor uh as a dynamo the stability visibility uh, uh easy to to get in and, and get out of the vehicle the other thing i i could say about the speed uh is um it's quite easy to go to 30 to 35 uh, kilometers per hour. Uh, if we push harder, we can go to 40 and maybe 45 kilometers per hour. Uh, and um, uh, so I, I consider that the VT1 is not a, is not a, a, a racing Villemobiles or very high efficient Villemobiles like uh, the Mila or some maybe other uh, latest design of uh, Villemobiles made in Europe. But the, the goal the main goal of the, the V2 one was to to um, uh, to uh, to provide a, a transportation mean that is uh, efficient, uh, safe, uh, easy to to use <coughs> by by design and, and, and construction, and uh, and also provide a, a good speed for uh, getting to work or getting to uh, to um, to for shopping and 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 also to, to for touring also. Francois, one of the things that uh, that Doug Davis is always talking about is the is the accessibility, uh, mm -hmm. getting in and getting out uh, of the Velomobile. Uh, tell us about what that's like on the VT1. Okay, so uh, in the VT1, uh, there's a big door that uh, that is uh, designed and installed to get into the Velomobile. So. Uh, normally, when we uh, get in, we 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 apply um, a components to to lock the front brakes, and then we open the top. We open the the, the, the door. We getting out, uh, and then uh, we close the door, and uh, and that's it. I could say that uh, getting getting in and getting out of a VT1 is uh, is very easy. Do you have a a full visor or a race hood in mind? Yes, for sure. This part will be an option. It's uh, it's it's called the uh, the full uh, full visor option, and uh, this part is made of uh, polycarbonate um, clear sheet, and it's um, mounted uh, on the on the door with three screws. This part can be installed and removed in a, in a minute or two on on the main door. And if you want to bring this part with you because it's a rainy morning and uh, at the end of the day, 
uh, there's a sunny day, uh, then uh, you can remove the you can remove the bubble and put it in the back of the of the Vimobile. Can you talk to us um, more specifically about the transmission and e-assist options on the production VT1? Uh, initially, there was uh, there were four different configurations. So the eight-speed with or without the motor assist, and the fourteen-speed with or without the motor assist. And after making a lot of uh, testing with the the, the, the the four configurations, I found that uh, the eight-speed uh, was um, not pro- not providing enough range when you want to. To, um, to to climb a hill for the people who choose the eight-speed uh, configuration, uh, it will comes with the uh, electric assist motor that provide up to uh, 500 or 750 watts. So it's uh, if you if you want to climb a hill, uh, there is there will be no problem with the eight-speed uh, transmission. <clears throat> and then we have the 14-speed uh, transmission, which is uh, made of a roll-off. Uh, uh, speed hub. Uh, the initial eight-speed is the Alfine Shimano Alfine uh, hub, but for the fourteen-speed, it's it's uh, it's made by Roloff, the uh, the uh, famous uh, gear up company in in Germany. And uh, we and for our application in the VT1, they provide us a, a semi-standard or semi-custom configuration for because it's used as a transmission instead of used as a gear as as a as a hub inside a wheel. The, the highest uh, or more detailed configuration of the VT1 is the 14-speed with the electric assist right now. Uh, and um, there are other options that can be added to your uh, future configuration, including the, the, the different colors, uh, the front wheel covers, uh, the, uh, the visors, the complete visors or not. Francois, one of the important features of what you are doing, one of the highlights is that you're in Canada, a North American producer of Velomobiles, uh, as we stated earlier, which is really important to you. And I think to those of us in North America, tell us why that's important to you and why you think it's important to the, your potential buyers. It's a real interesting challenge to, to be uh, the first uh, company in, in Canada, and when I, when I make some uh, search on, on internet, I found that there's no really other options in United States. Also, so since the VT1 is a unique product in, in Canada that you cannot find from any other suppliers or manufacturers in, in Canada, I think that this will be a, a very great uh, great adva- advantages for for us. Uh, because many people I, I talk in, in Quebec who, who already have a, a Vinmobiles, uh, whatever it's a, it's a Quest or a DF or a, it's mostly these two brands, uh, they, they had to, uh, to purchase them from, from Europe, from the supplier that you already know. <laughs> and, um, and since these suppliers are very busy for the Europe, European um, customers or, or or demand, uh, I think that it, there's a good business opportunity to, to bring these uh, these products to uh, to Canadian and to USA uh, customers in, in the coming uh, in the coming months and, and years. Mm-hmm. How much is this VT1 going to cost in each of its configurations as you see it right now, and when can they buy one? 
Okay, <laughs> that is a very good question. Uh, our goal for for the next coming weeks and months is to uh, it's to uh, build a, a VT1 with probably the eight-speed configuration with a uh, with uh, the, the wheel motor, uh, and this unit will be a pre-production uh, uh, model to to validate and test all the updated uh, design features, materials, and many things, including the new wire wire harness. Junction box, uh, the new LEDs on, on the uh, body shell, uh, and many other small uh, details that people cannot really see right now, but they, they will be uh, included into our uh, uh, products. And and when this product will be uh, along the construction of this this model, we will start in in the month of May to uh, to meet uh, people who are interested to see the product and get into it and probably make a, a, a test ride uh, with the product and uh, and our plan is to to build and deliver the first 10 automobiles to Canadian customers for different reasons and and when and after these 10 deliveries we plan to start uh, the deliveries for the USA customers but uh, it's 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 already possible to make a pre-order for uh, USA customers. But for for the delivery schedule, we we uh, we gonna uh, deliver the, the first ten to Canadian customers, uh, as I said. Uh, about the prices, um, the um, the uh, the first configuration of the V two one will be. Uh, the uh, eight-speed uh, with the uh, uh, with the motor. Uh, then we have this, which costs approximately nine thousand or approximately ten thousand dollars Canadian. There will be the uh, the roll-off transmission. It's a it's a, an option that costs approximately one thousand dollars. So so as I said, we have three configurations. So the the eight-speed with the the the, the gear motor, the fourteen-speed without the gear motor. And the 14 speed with the gear motor. So, so the fully equipped configuration with the um, with the bubble and the front covers and everything, it probably cost about uh, eleven thousand five hundred dollars approximately. For getting to the production, uh, the first unit to be built. So the serial number number one. I think I hope it's going to be produced during the month of June. Or to be delivered by the end of June. This is our our goal. So we will we will ask to our customers to be to be patient for their deliveries. But if you are interested into the VT1, um, you can get in touch with us by email. Go to the website, uh, send us an email, or you can also call me or the people here to ask technical questions and the things that we were not talking about today. And if you want to be in, uh, to be informed about the latest news, uh, then you just have to uh, subscribe to the newsletter. It's quite easy. Go to the website and uh, go to the newsletter subscription, and and that's it. It's, it, it. So, so you will be informed about the uh, latest updates about the product, the company, and 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 the upcoming uh, uh, deliveries for for automobiles. Uh, Yes. Well, Francois, what an exciting development in the world of Velomobiles, and especially for those of us, as you mentioned, here in North America. We're very excited about what 
uh, you have planned. We look forward to uh, watching uh, your company grow and hopefully su be successful. So mm -hmm. I wanted to thank you very much uh, for joining us on the Laidback Bike Report, and uh, we wish you all the best. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, Gary, for uh, all your time. And uh, I wish to see you on the ride or see you on the roads with uh, VT1 in the coming in the coming months. That sounds wonderful. I'll give it a try if I get a chance. So, okay, thanks, thanks so Francois. Okay, bye-bye. All right, there we go. Francois, thank you so much. I uh, wish uh, Francois could have been with us today. He will uh, be on the comments of the YouTube video afterwards. So any of you folks who don't get your questions answered here, and we're going to do our best with our two Velo experts, uh, feel free to leave comments in the YouTube video afterwards, and Francois will get back to you there. Or you can contact them directly uh, at Philomtech on their website. So... First of all, let me welcome uh, Joseph back uh, to, to the show. And Doug made it at the last minute. Doug, I know you're on the road, so thanks for joining us. Are you there, Doug? <coughs> Doug, can you hear us? I'm here. Okay, Doug, I don't know how good the connection is. Oh, I guess not. Let's see what happens. You can work on that. Um, but I want to get uh, some thoughts from our two Velo experts here. Let me just, before we do that, uh, you guys saw that uh, Francois showed you the uh, full visor option. And uh, Trey, do you have that picture? He sent me a picture. I couldn't get it into the video on time because he just sent it to me. But uh, you saw the picture of the full visor, and now you actually see it on the VT1 there. It just looks pretty cool. So uh, there you have that. Now, um, Trey, back to us, if you would. And uh, we did get a bunch of questions. I'm not sure how many of these we can answer. Mike Smith, thank you. You're on the chat answering a bunch of questions. It seems like uh, you know quite a bit about this. Big question about the uh, pricing. Yes, uh, uh, what Francois was, uh, was talking about there is Canadian dollars. So it seems, to be, uh, it seems to be a pretty reasonable price that he's getting started with here anyways. All right. Uh, Let's start, if we could, with uh, uh, Joseph. Could you tell us uh, your thoughts from what you've seen so far of the VT1? What do you think? Well, Gary, let me first of all say I'm always impressed uh, when somebody, you know, uh, starts to to rethink and to to build a velomobile from scratch. That's an awful lot of work. You know that you must go through so many frustrations because it takes an awful lot of time and and practice and. And you've got to learn uh, this from the ground up when you do it like he does it. So, you know, uh, um, that, that I think uh, is admirable. Um, this is the first time that I see it. I saw the, um, uh, the VX uh, prototypes uh, earlier on the web, uh, but the Velomtik, uh, to me, when I look at it, I'd say my guess is it is about on par with a quest. Uh, which uh, I think wouldn't be good enough uh, on the market for velomobiles without a motor. Uh, with a motor, it may be in a different league because then the motor compensates for a number of the, of the inefficiencies that, that the shell will bring. Um, but I would also warn against uh, saying uh, something like a DF or Alpha 7 or Alpha uh, 9 or Milan is only for racers. I, I, in my view, uh, every uh, velomobile rider who wants to go longer distances wants a machine that is as efficient as possible. Uh, so, you know, a fast machine is not a machine for racing. 
um, a, a good uh, everyday velomobile is a fast velomobile that is versatile enough to be moved uh, on the roads, to be maneuvered uh, uh, in, in tighter situations. And so that is the, the point to watch for. Uh, the next thing that, that uh, I immediately noticed, uh, it doesn't have front suspension. I think for a machine that is ridden beyond 35 kilometers an hour, suspension is a must. You can do without it. Of course you can do that. You know, I ride an unsuspended trike for many years, but not at these speeds. Uh, and I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, also, I, I'd look for a decent rear suspension. Elastomer suspension is fine. Uh, that needs to be tested. Um, next point on my list is uh, I think it would still be a bit too heavy. Again, this is something if you ride with, with an electric assist, uh, you don't care much about weight, but uh, once uh, your battery goes dead out uh, somewhere, you know, you will feel uh, every kilo that, that is on that machine. And a uh, minor point, um, I think it is very good to cover the drivetrain uh, the way that he has, but you still need to get at it. You know, uh, the drivetrain cover that I saw is a bit of a pain uh, should the chain ever jump off the mid-drive. I know it, it wouldn't happen very often, but it could happen. And then, and then you have to dismantle the entire, uh, entire um, um, uh, cover uh, there. And I would also protect uh, the power side chain, you know, which runs uh, on the open. You know, I've been on many tours and I have seen velomobiles totally, totally uh, devastated on the inside with a banana being pulled into the rear derailleur and such things you know you don't want cloves or any other stuff uh to get uh, uh or interfere with your drivetrain because that means uh, that means uh, damage or that means uh, a, a longer stop on the road very good thank you joseph and uh, doug how about your now doug you probably didn't get a chance to watch the whole video but i i know you've you've chatted with francois so you have a pretty good idea about uh, the vt1 so uh can you tell us what your thoughts are about it so uh i don't know if it, can you hear me now is it okay? yeah yeah you're good good uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, I'm hoping that uh, I can coerce Francois into a test ride here soon when I'm up in the neighborhood. Uh, but it's got a lot of departures. As Joseph pointed out, it doesn't have a front suspension. That's going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, it's heavy. I'm not sure I would be generous about putting it in the same category as a Quest until I've ridden it. Um, I'm afraid that the, the aerodynamics... I mean, just eyeballing it, it doesn't look as aero as what we've seen on a on sort of the modern barrelmobiles. But most of the modern barrelmobiles have never visited a a, a a wind tunnel, so we we're going by you know no pun intended, see to the expanse expanse experience. So I think that it's very interesting. I think I want to give it a chance. Um, I see a lot of issues, as as Joseph had just pointed out, um, that that he saw the the drivetrain's a biggie. Uh, the first time I saw that, I, I thought for, it was a prototype and maybe that was different, but no, that's exactly the way it is. Um, I think the target market for this is really the e-assist crowd, uh, not necessarily the, the, the human-powered crowd. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I think for that, it's going to be a seller, uh, particularly because of the price point and because it's the, the ease of entry and exit. And... Quite honestly, uh, I, I think if the drivetrain accessibility issues and a few of the other things I've seen, 
particularly with this, uh, you know, this front suspicion is one that bothers me because I do do a lot of riding in the U.S. and the roads are crap. Uh, and I just think at my speeds, uh, as Joseph pointed out, you're going to get pretty much the teeth rattled out of your mouth, uh, going down some of our roads at those kind of speeds without something taking the, the, uh, the bumps. But <clears throat> all that said, I want to see it and I want to try it. And I want to think that, 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 that Francois is a very smart person has fought through all this stuff. Uh, and it, he's, he's got some ideas and things are, are not what we see because again, none of us have ridden one of these yet. And hopefully it's, it's really a good contender. That's what I'm hoping for, because I love to see a, a North American contender in this space. Absolutely. Um, Doug, if you could just uh, address this one last issue, and then I think we're going to move on. On Facebook, before uh, our show had, uh, had even played, uh, we, I saw a few comments um, about this being another a vaporware type of thing like it's not serious and we've seen lots of different designs of people making velomobiles and uh, never got anywhere and that's a fair thing to be worried about but in my interactions with francois over the last few months especially i don't get that impression and certainly nothing can guarantee anyone's success this may or may not succeed but I certainly would not say this is vaporware. I think he's very close to putting this out within the next couple of months. I think it's a serious endeavor. I just want to get your imp impression, Doug, because I know you've talked to him. Well, you, well, you know, that's my touch point, too, because I always make mock these guys for putting out high dollar PowerPoints and low dollar product. Uh, so, you know, I think Francois has got a product and I think he will get one out this summer. Uh, I think he's got several prototypes. Uh, we've seen him, you know, video. Uh, with them uh we've had conversations with him and the conversations i've had with him he has the mindset of somebody that's going that's moving it from prototype to production so he's thinking about how he gets them built he's thinking about how he gets them delivered of all those logistics he's thinking about how his network works with dealers all that kind of stuff that's not a guy that's that's still working off a of powerpoint that's a guy that's got a product Good. And lastly, um, could you tell us what do you think uh, the advantage of, uh, let me put it this way, what is the advantage to North American uh, potential buyers to having a North American manufacturer? Well, I mean, right now, the hardest problem we fight daily with, with uh, Velomobiles is shipping. Um, it, it, it's insane. If I, and in fact, if I knew what I knew now, I, I probably would have never gotten into this business because it's just so freaking crazy. Uh, we had a shipper take our money the other day, three weeks ago on some bikes, uh, giving me a contract. And then last week, Tuesday, sent me an email saying we cannot do this after all our home office doesn't want us to move these and, uh, here's your money back. And it's like, it took three weeks while we're beating on these guys. So the shipping is just nuts. They don't care. It's difficult. Um, and so having one North America, then we can move it by truck. We don't have to move it by boats or airplanes. So things are a lot easier. Uh, that's going to help a lot. Having the accessibility of parts and the support systems on this time zone will help. So all of those things combined are going to make a much better experience for, uh, what I would say, not necessarily a novice, but maybe a neophyte velomobile rider. That's not necessarily somebody who's willing to work on them themselves. Uh, and I think that brings the market barrier down some, you know, and the price of them too, but it's not appreciably different, but the, the, those kind of things in the market that, that think people think about when they're making a buy decision, this is going to help. 
Very good. All right. Uh, Joseph, any final thoughts? I don't want to leave you out. Uh, do you have anything to add before we finish up? No, I, I totally agree with, with Doug on, on the advantages of having a local uh, producer. You know, just one uh, piece of advice. I would test uh, the rear hub motor uh, on a longer climb because I think that typically is, is one of the problems of hub motors is when you go slow, uh, because the motor uh, tends to overheat there, and that that I believe um, is is better addressed with uh, uh, with a, a crank motor because there you keep the cadence higher. You know that will have, we have very slow rotations. If you go, you know, like Doug does in the Arizona mountains or in the Rockies or somewhere, you see that uh, that that setup we, uh, heating up pretty quickly. We saw that on a. Uh, on a on a non-development, we saw it on a regular two-wheeled bike when we were out at Desert Camp that somebody had the 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 hub yeah. motor overheated on the bike because these climbs are yes. so long and I mean it's it's 20 miles of four percent grade that's going to wear things out. It certainly wears my legs yeah. out. <laughs> but, uh, well, but we you, saw you, you we don't have there's not enough rotation in in the, right. in the motor. Yeah, it's just real slow. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. All right. Well, fellas, thank you very much for your thoughts on this. Really appreciate it. Uh, let me just say to finish up uh, again, uh, Francois couldn't be with us today, but he will be on the comments on the YouTube video. I know there are other questions you guys have that these guys couldn't answer. So please drop them into the actual comment section of the YouTube video. And, uh, and Francois will get back to them. And we wish uh, Francois lots of luck with this project. And uh, thanks, uh, Doug and Joseph. Uh, the perfect segue talking about hub motors maybe not being the best and mid drives maybe being better. Well, that gets us right to our next segment. Our buddy uh, Trey, who is doing all the directing today, also took some time out over the past month to install a mid drive motor on his trike and uh, and video the whole process. And I want to show you what he has uh, done. And he has shown every little step of the way. So, Trey, let's see what you've done. Hello, folks. So this is the trike we're going to be putting the TSBZ motor on. It's an HP Velotechnic FS26. It's been our primary touring trike. Wife and I both have one. We're adding an electric motor to this one specifically to make it a bit easier to pull our dog. He's a 70 pound bundle of energy that we have a dog trailer for. This is all the parts we need to install our new motor, TSDZ2. And here is the battery and charger we went with. And this cool charger. In getting ready to remove the cranks on both sides and your chain ring, you remove the pedals. It just makes it easier. Plus, I'm going to use these pedals on the new crank set we put on with the new chain rings for the electric motor. So to do so, I've already removed one, but to, to remove these, I'm using a PW4 part tool. Very simple. There's an indentation on the side. Nothing to it. This one was already loose, so 
There you go. Nothing to it. In order to remove the cranks, these are square taper cranks. So you need a tool called a compact crank puller. Uh, I bought one from Park Tool. It's the CWP-7. It has two different size heads on it for the different size cranks you may run into. Next, we're gonna re remove the screw that's holding the crank and the cap on. But anyway, I actually have a part tool for this as well, but any correct size tool will work. Uh, this one's easy, I've already broken it loose. So essentially, you just unscrew this. And there you go. The next step is you're gonna take your handy dandy crank puller. I don't know if you can see it. That should help it a little bit better. And you're gonna find this the appropriate size in. It just so happens it's the uh, the smaller end on this one. So you thread this in until it bottoms out, and then you take a wrench and turn this in until it gets tight. And then you'll tighten this down. These are already loose, but as you tighten it down, it pushes the crank until it comes off the square fitting for it. Nothing to it. Now, the next step is we need to remove the bottom bracket. This is your bottom bracket. Essentially, it's bearings on each side inside an enclosed tube that has threaded fittings on each side. This one's a cap and this one is the insert that actually pulls out the whole side. So for this, we're gonna use another part tool that I like. It's the BBT-22. The reason we're using this one is this particular bottom bracket is a 20 tooth. So it's pretty easy. I've already broken it loose. It was a little tight. Uh, I have a little three foot cheater bar that I used and it didn't take much torque at all to remove it. If, if they've been in for a long time, sometimes it takes a little bit of torque to get them out. It shouldn't, but it might. So you simply just, this is the tool. You thread it in, use your three eighths inch ratchet and it's a standard config. Left to loosen, right to tighten. There you go. Now let's do the other side. These are the complete opposite threads. So instead of going clockwise to tighten, you go counterclockwise to tighten. So it's a left-handed thread. So you make sure when you're loosening it, you go clockwise. Truvative is a particular bottom bracket for this one. Nothing to it. Now let's install our motor. Fairly easy. If you remember, we took out our bottom bracket bearing from the bottom bracket. This is the bottom bracket. This is the bottom bracket axle and bearing that's going to slide in and hold the motor on. Slide it through the bottom bracket. Use this lock plate they provide. Here's the lock plate. Slides on. 
They have two bolts and two spacers. So we'll slide the bolt in through the spacer, like so. And we'll get that started. Get the other one. Get that one started. This helps secure it to the bottom bracket. But if you'll notice what just happened, Notice how this motor rocks up and down like this. So this won't have enough tension on it. This lock ring won't have enough tension to hold it in place. That's merely to hold the motor onto the bottom bracket. So what we need to do is add our lock ring first. And we'll snug it down. the included tool here. There we go. Then to prevent this from rocking back and forth like that, remember we installed this clamp. This clamp's purpose is to prevent it from moving back and forth. So let's get that in. There we go. Now the motor cannot rock back and forth. So that secures it. I'll check all the connections and snug them up, but that's basically it. Let's mount our battery holder. I purchased an HB Velotechnic mount because it's designed specifically for this trike. Third-party mounts mount on a traditional round tube frame. HP Velotechnics uses an oval tube for extra stiffness there. So this is the mount that I purchased. It's designed to mount between the rear rack holder and the idler pulley. So let's pull off the idler pulley and I'll show you what they're asking for in regards to new hardware. They want you to add some washers. So let's pull this off. If you can see it, there's chain tube holder, another chain tube holder, and this comes off. So we have the chain holder. Let me hold it so you can see it. There you go, chain holder. And they want you to add two washers here and the chain holder, just like that. So when we get ready to remount it, let's pull this out. So we put our bolt through, here's the battery mount. We go into the idler pulley, add our two washers, and then the chain keeper. They tell you to put some thread lock on here, medium strength, so let's go ahead and clean these threads off a little bit. I'm using a brass brush to do that. And here is our medium strength 
Greg compound. This is the gel version versus liquid. I just prefer it better. It doesn't run around everywhere. So let's rethread our chain tube holders. Get it started. chain slides up in there, the chain keeper holds the chain in. We'll do finger tight for now. Let's remove our rear rack screw, bolt, whatever you want to call it. Now, they provide another bolt for this. Notice this has shoulders because that's recessed. Well, this section is flat, so this won't work. So they provide a new bolt. So let's add a touch of Loctite to this. Thread compound. Loctite is the brand. Snug that down. Then I'm going to check this to make sure everything's still flowing like it should. And we'll tighten that down nice and snug. And there's your battery holder. Let's mount our battery base. This is the battery mount. This is the battery base. This is what your battery will slide onto. And the electrical connection will go to the motor. So I'm going to connect this with a couple of stainless steel screws and some nylocks. That way I won't have to worry about it coming loose and I won't use Loctite and take it off easy whenever I need. So let's go ahead. It gives you a little sliding plate here so you can adjust it however you need to. And I'm just going to get this started. I'm not gonna tighten it up until I actually put the battery on. So I, I mean, until I finish wiring up the battery, that way I can get an idea of where and how long the cable to the motor needs to be. There you go, all there is to it. All right, I got the battery in. Let's see if we can get it to turn on. All right. Now, let's see. Hey, it's working. See the speed? All right. And we didn't let any smoke out, so that's a good thing. So let's get on and go for a little spin. All right, we're on assist level one. You can hear a little bit of a whine coming from the motor. Not bad in my opinion. This is on the lightest setting. 
or the easiest setting, I'm sorry, or the least assist level, I should say. So I'm one, goes all the way up to five. That's giving you the most assist. Very small hill. Very easy with the assist turned on. Let's turn around here and head back down. So far, I'm really, really pleased. Just went for a short test spin. Everything's working as it should. I love this display. It's much easier to see even in this bright sunlight. I'm real happy with it. No surprises, which is a good thing. Batteries installed. This is a 40 tooth cog chain ring on the front. I believe I'm gonna change that to a 34 because like I said, the intent is to pull trailers and things like that. But other than that, it worked really well. I'm very pleased so far. All right, there he is. Hey, Trey, good job, pal. Right. Uh, yes, I think the section where you added the speed center sensor, I left off of there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice there. it when I was looking at it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't the most important part of what no. happened in any case. Um, one thing, I, I know you have some things to add. I, I want to, and we got a couple of questions about it. Uh, obviously, when you took your iPhone, I think, and put it right up next to the motor when you were doing that test drive, that was very loud. That is not what it sounds like when you're sitting on no. the track. Would you tell us about that? And then we can so the, go on. So. so the iPhone, it, it's just real sensitive. Obviously, it's a phone, so the microphone's really good. And when you put it up next to it, um, it just amplifies. It That's not as loud as it is in, in real world. It's nowhere near that loud. The other thing that's going to amplify it a little bit is I these motors normally have a plastic gear, which is quieter. I had the electric gear installed for durability and because the intent is I plan to pull quite a bit of weight. Um, so the, and I, I thought about it after I filmed it, um, I'm going to do another test ride and film it with just, you know, sitting with the camera sitting close to my head. And then you'll see how that the phone amplifies that, that sound a lot. It, there is some sound to it, but if you noticed, people were focusing on the zoom-in shot, but if you notice when I'm pedaling up the hill and talking, that's what you need to pay attention to. It just doesn't get that loud. Very good. All right. So why don't you go ahead and uh, and tell the folks about more about the motor that you use there, where it came from and such. I know you have th some things to add. Go ahead. Sure. So I've been researching these for quite a while. I just haven't had time I actually to do it. And when I finally got time to do it, I did a search and uh, for which motor to use on it. So I found David Hall's site, which is EcoCycles. Um, what made his site unique was he had an option specifically for recumbent trikes. He's got a configurator on the, on the guide. He has a configurator that will guide you 
step-by-step -step on everything you need for your trike. So this takes all the guesswork out of determining what's needed. Cable links for the battery, display, any accessories you need to add. He's already, he's got various options that you'll, for the different links, you don't have to measure. He just has that option there. It's got different size clamps that you can select depending on the type of boom you have. Uh, you've got various display mounts you can use depending if you want it left or right-handed. Um, so you select your options, you order it, and it arrives pretty quick. Um, he's also got videos on his website discussing the various components. So he puts them together. You can see how they go together and how they flow. So that just makes it, you know, a little easier when you're doing the ordering. Um, he was very easy to work with and very knowledgeable. He answered all my questions, which weren't that many after I looked at his website. So he offered assistance when needed. Um, but since he did a good job on the website, my options were, my questions were minimal and I didn't have to call him for any support after the fact. So I highly recommend them if you're considering adding a motor. Um, the install does require a few unique tools to bicycles. Um, they're not that expensive, but you've got to have them. If you're doing maintenance on your bike, you should have them anyway. So, All right. Let's uh, maybe bring Doug up in here, too. Doug, uh, you had a correction to something Trey said, too. And, and, yeah, and I think you meant bike. to say, say metal, metal gear, not electric gear. Did I say electric yeah, gear? Metal, uh, yeah, did, it's yeah. metal gear. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I should have. Had, I've got an extra one here. I should have had it here so I could show you. But yep, and he's also working. I don't know if he's released it yet, but he's got a, a gear that's made out of uh, what is it, PTFE or something like that. It's it's stronger yeah, than. Yeah, so I think that'll make it a much quieter, and that metal gear seems to amplify it because I've heard a motor with the plastic gear, and it is quieter. But again, yeah, that's what that was I, my I, worry I about you, the video. Yeah, I think your phone amplified that a lot because we we put we put a ton of these motors into things, and they're not very noisy. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just they're, not that loud. Doug, let me while um, I have you here, and then Trey, you can answer if you feel like you'd like to on this too. So Misha DeBear is asking about preferences here between the Tongsheng and the Bafang motors. Lots of people like the Bafang thinking it's quieter, but there's other, other things to evaluate with these. Uh, Doug, can you give us a quick rundown on your preferences? You've installed plenty of all of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I tend to lean put toward the, the, the Shing for a couple of reasons. One is the, that it is a torque sensing motor and not an on-off switch for the pedals. So it feels more like you're pedaling a bike downhill. So as you push against the pedals, it uses your torque to calculate how much, how much additional load uh, energy it's going to put into the drivetrain. And so that makes it feel more like a bike rather than having a, uh, a, a device that basically turns itself on and off as you turn the pedals. And, and until you sit down and side by side them, it's hard to quantify it in words. Uh, what I always tell people is that when you soft pedal on the tosh, the, the tongshing, you're soft pedaling. It, you're, you're, you might get, you know, a handful of Watts added on, but you're not getting a whole lot. When you're soft pedaling on the Bafang, you're getting all of the Watts that you had it configured to do at whatever setting you got it while you're pedaling. So you've got, both of the you've got a big issue in how it feels the to ride them uh between the two now that said that the, the, the tongue chain is also considerably more programmable it's a lot easier to do changes to it uh, a lot more options in gearing and things like that from the factory um standard spiders uh so that all helps you're selecting cranks and, and, and changing rings and things like that the, on the flip side the buffet is fire and forget 
there's they're dirt simple they come programmed ready to go uh you basically put them in turn them on screw them down and you're done there's no settings to go through and adjust to make the ride different you're getting what you're going to get uh so they're a much faster quicker home build um the only thing I would add to any of this is be careful where you buy them from. So the brand name of the motor uh, is kind of like, you know, saying you're buying a General Motors car. There's a huge swath of differences between between them. So the bike, the, the motors are specced differently depending on the supply chain. So particularly Bethang, but it, it's even true to the to, function to, to as well. Uh, you can buy a very inexpensive Bethang motor on Alibaba. Uh, our AliExpress, for example, uh, and it will have, you know, 18 gauge wiring and, you know, not, you know, in, in crimped connectors, you could buy the same exact Bafang motor on Amazon and it will have uh, 16 gauge wiring and soldered in connectors. And it's very hard for the consumer to know what they're getting because they just, you know, the sellers just say it's a Bafang. Okay. Uh, so you really have to do some diligence there uh, with your seller as you're doing it based on your load, like, like, uh, Troy's carrying weight in, and he's going to carry trailers. You want heavier wiring, you want have better connections. You want a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and you may not be getting that when you're getting it from some suppliers. Good enough. And Trey, th th we have a question here. I think you actually are getting into this a little bit. You were talking to me about this. Can multiple chain rings be installed on mid-drive motors? Tell us about your experience and what you have in mind for the chain rings. Yeah, you certainly can. Matter of fact, I have I have acquired another trike with uh, a motor from David um, here locally. And it's got double chain rings. What you have to consider is, is that the motor has a 20 millimeter offset. So a normal derailleur can't handle the width. So you're, so think about it. If you look at your, your crank set and your, I mean, your, your chain rings and your derailleur, if, if you're adding um, 20 millimeters, then most derailleurs don't have enough throw to handle multiple chain rings. So there are some options out there. Matter of fact, I'm looking at one, um, David's actually got an option on his site. I think it's showing out of stock, but, um, Doug could have to back me up. I can't remember the name. It's, it's a different derailleur, but you can add a, uh, they have a mount that offsets it some, so it moves it over and I forget the name of it. I should have looked it up, but yes, you can add multiple chain rings. I'm just choosing not to, because like I said, this is, this is essentially meant to be a pack mule. I, I plan to be pulling quite a bit of weight. Um, not just my dog, but actually people in a trailer that, that can't ride and things like that. So I wanted, uh, there's no need. I'm not after speed. I just need to get them moving at a decent clip, and that's the intent. So, yes, you can add multiple chain rings. Doug, do you know what I'm, the, you remember the derailleur? I can't remember the actual name of it. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's several people that make them. What you're looking for is called a clamp-on offset adapter. That's and it, clamp-on. I remember Right. And there's, there's about a dozen, maybe two dozen people that make different versions of that. And trike, trikes actually have an advantage because of the way their booms work, having that little stock that comes out the front, the trailer, that these things can be mounted on. So there's a little bit of an advantage to that versus a regular bike where you'd have to use some kind of offset gadget to do it. But I mean, there's, uh, <clears throat> there's, uh, it's doable duels and triples. Um, there are some disadvantages, uh, you, you, to it. And, you know, what I would say is talk about your specific use case. 
you don't have the throw, as Trey said before, for the, which is a swing that the derailleur can make, even with these brackets. So your small to large gap isn't as big as you would get, say, on a, a regular trike. But everything's doable, and you know you can certainly get like uh, if I was doing a uh, doing it, I'd do it like a, a 105 front derailleur because it's got a huge cage in it, uh, and then maybe use a, a, a friction shifter, so you didn't have to worry about trying to index it and then there's no reason you couldn't get a triple at that point okay all right guys i think uh if that's all right with you guys we're going to leave that discussion there uh trey uh you're going to be back with some more updates on what you're doing with the e-assist additions on uh, uh all the modifications you're going to be making and stuff so folks look forward to seeing more of Trey's uh, mechanical abilities coming up uh, in the next show. So Trey, thank you so much uh, for that. Are you ready to go on the next uh, video sure. here? Mm -hmm. All right. So guys, uh, I just need to quickly introduce this. It, it has to do with Doug again. Uh, you might remember that uh, we showed you guys a month or so back that uh, amazing video of the uh, upright rider chasing Doug down in his velomobile. And uh, we caught up with that upright rider, and she's got a lot to say about that and recumbents and velomobiles. Uh, Doug interviewed uh, Alessandra. We're going to watch that right now. So, hi, Alessandra. Welcome to Layback Back Report. Usually we interview people that lay back and ride, but you're something quite different. Please let us know a little bit about yourself. Um, well, guys, I'm from Peru, as you can see. I'm, right now, I'm living in the jungle, Iquitos. It's a part of the um, um, of the jungle area of the Amazon. So uh, we have the borders near to Brazil and Colombia. And um, I'm a national selection of cyclist in Peru. So you, when did you start riding a bike? Well, I started riding a bike when I was 18 years old. So right now, I'm 35. And uh, I started with a mountain bike. Here in the jungle, it's more easy to find a cheap mountain bike. And then I start uh, riding with some guys that they uh, usually go, you know, around the jungle area and does some kind of jungle uh, cycling stuff. So but what was what was the first race that you ever won? Well, the first race. Well, basically, I won the 100Ks here in Iquitos. That was my first race, what I won uh, back in 2008. And after that, I won uh, the, national, uh, the national champion in 2010. I've been uh, coaching by this guy that came from Colombia, and he helped me to improve my cycling stuff and my uh, training. What are you currently classified at in the UCI class classifications? I'm the elite ladies. Elite ladies, right. Yeah. So so you're a badass racer, no doubt. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> I try to uh, uh, follow your pace every time I can. That's what I, I think oh. that the velomobiles are so interesting to for the speed. And that uh, and that makes me crazy when I'm trying to chase you. <laughs> I saw some recumbents in Peru, uh, in Cusco, from people, from tourist people that came from uh, Europe or some other guys from the United States that they did this in solo from Cusco trying to get to the, uh, to the coast, to Lima. 
so you you i mean if they were like you know like finding some kind of a gold quarter around the floor it was very difficult to see that and it was you know it was cool to see those guys this tourist guy and they have this uh a flag on the back like like you have in the recumbent you know and they look funny they look i mean there was a recumbent and trikes that i saw climbing the hills going very slow coming from uh cusco to the andes area but i, I wasn't that sure uh where they belong to So when I got to the United States and I and I and I met you, I really I really saw uh, this variation of the the recumbents and trikes uh, in velomobiles. That was my my first time when I saw the velomobiles with you riding around. I thought there was a type of you know kind of car or something with motor on it. I didn't have no idea what was about that. And then when you show me and uh, teach me uh, about some stuff and settings um, from uh, from the velomobiles, that sounds very interesting. And I saw the videos, uh, the races and things like that. And I said, oh my God, wow, this is a whole new stuff for me, more speed to go. So I, I guess it, it that's, that has to be Uh, very fun to ride and I was you know maybe sometimes I'm gonna have the opportunity to ride the velomobile and thanks to you I did I did and I'm yep. so so impressed maybe I can try to do again every time I go to the United States and visit you guys because you you feel like you're flying you're flying in a car and you go like a bullet you don't feel the air you don't feel nothing you just go in a capsule and go for it and that's it that's it and it's yeah, great it's, it's quite a bit different than a road bike right exactly totally different totally different the first enemy of the road bike is the air and you know that and with velomobiles you 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 can't feel it you just go and you keep Pushing, pushing, and pushing. Sometimes you feel like you are in a capsule, and sometimes when it's really hot, bike can burn you up, and you're so sweaty. <laughs> But guess what? I mean, you can improve your speed in different levels. Oh my God, so way different. So we've got, we have a famous video now. I guess it's become famous of the two of us out there in Arizona. But that wasn't oh, the first. Yeah. That wasn't the first time we played Chase, was it? No, no, no. We did that in the. I think the first time we did was in the northern, yeah, in the southern. And yeah, we played know, Chase quite I a bit. <laughs> I was really curious to try to chase you guys and trying to find if there is some possible way to draft me around that, but there is not a way. Uh, even for me, that I'm small, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, draft uh, behind you, minding your wheel. That's impossible. But it was really fun because it, it, it keeps me, you know, um, alert. Uh, and it, it, it makes me work hard. It really does. But yeah, that's we what I like the most. When you start, you know, uh, I was trying to chase you as much as I can. Because then you, oh my God, you just escape away. It was like, you know, like a real bullet. You know, there's some way, there's some point in your cycle's life that you, you, 
you know, the technology and some better improvement in the this other types and designs of bicycles, somehow it's gonna beat you. So there's no way to feel frustrated about just you know if you're good in something that you're doing, just just keep good doing what you're doing. You're good in that. I mean, if you can, if at least if you can to follow this guy that goes over and over and over and over so much speed ahead of you, you're just trying to train him with him. I mean, that's it. That's yeah, it. I mean, for me, it's so fun because I I improve my speed. But I mean, yeah. I, 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 I realize that I can beat you. So, you know, it's uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just funny to see those guys, you know, angry about it. Because, you know, it's like you, small children, when you take <laughs> him out, you know, take him off uh, the candies. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, it was really fun to see that. It was really fun. So we got out there. So, so this spring we were out in the training camps there in Sierra Vista and I fa caught, up, caught up to you in the group that was riding and I didn't actually know it was you until I was there, but you saw me and you took off after me and we made history of that video. What was in your mind when you saw me come down the road after you guys? Oh, well, uh, when we started doing that with those guys, I was, I was the last person to try to... Uh, catch some guys in the front. I was trying to uh, warm up, and uh, when I saw you, I just said, "This is my chance." So <laughs> I was trying to chase you as much as I could because I want to warm up. Because uh, that was a very beautiful um, pavement area. That road there, it was really beautiful. No too much wind, and uh, I just wanna, you know, have fun. And I didn't realize that you have the drone that day, but it was beautiful. That was the best shots, I guess, we have in whole this trip. And yeah, I mean, it, it's impressive. So I'm totally unplanned. So that's something people have asked me several yeah. times. Did we plan that? And I say, no, we never planned that. We didn't even know we were there. No, right, because you 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 just leave the, uh, the hotel early. I saw you leaving... And I didn't know where, where were you since I, I, I just saw you in this corner and we keep just uh, uh, writing and writing and writing. And then I saw you coming around and I just said, I'm going to try to chase him. <laughs> and it just was uh, a crazy girl trying to do something else. And I was laughing all about it. And I said, he is gonna, he's going to see me and he's going to attack me and leave me. And I remember when I, in part of the video, when you just was tired to having me behind you, I, t I said goodbye. <laughs> with my hand. And that was it. That was it, you know? <laughs> did, you, did you know I was changing gears slowly to drop, to keep pushing yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you. I know you. Oh, yeah. and, I knew, and I knew you were playing with me. Uh, yeah, anything yeah, yeah. anything else you'd like to add to all this before we let you go? Well, yeah. Uh, um, if somebody uh, from uh, Europe of, you know, or maybe U.S. are interested to come to Peru, maybe we can do some kind of challenge to do uh, going in a velomobile, riding velomobile through the Andes and the Amazon sometime. It will be a good a good training, and it will be a good 
shots to do it. If you want to do it like a challenge or something or a record, you can go through the Andes and get the top there or Ciclio Pass. That will be awesome to go up. Yeah, the that fastest fat really guy up the awesome. hill. <laughs> Alessandro, it's yeah. always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you very much for inviting me. This is my first time. And hey, guys, you're welcome to come to my country anytime you want. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, looks like Doug's disappeared, but uh, it was a pleasure uh, talking to um, Sandra. There we go. Doug is I'm, back. I'm, fixing a t I'm fixing a wheel. Good idea. <laughs> All right. I just, uh, we, I don't want to spend too much more time. Alessandra was a delight uh, to talk to, and she, uh, very accomplished young woman. Um, oh, absolutely. We had uh, kind of a technical question here, Doug. What was that drone that you were using? What What do you so use? That, that, that was a Skydio X. Okay. And useful, especially for following. Is that right? Well, so what was so that that was part of the the, the thing is it has an object follow software, um, and it also has a GPS follow and a bunch of other stuff. And so I was using a combination of the object following controls and the GPS controls, so I could point it, put mark uh, Alessandra as a target and have it follow her. She didn't have a GPS beacon or anything like that on it. And uh, it would follow her fairly well and stay locked onto her. Uh, and then I would disengage it from her and lock it onto me. And then it would follow me for a while. And so that was, it was really a combination of, you know, kind of what I was riding, my iPhone is sitting down by my right leg and I was punching, you know, following the screen and just marking different objects and different move movements as we went along. Nice. And honestly, yeah. yeah, and honestly, I never have done anything like that before. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And it, it, it just, it was, it was, I mean, beyond any expectation, because I was really just screwing around with it. And uh, Daryl, yeah, uh, it's something that uh, Doug and I have talked about uh, over the last few years, uh, being more specific about the technology involved, because uh, yeah, a lot of us shoot video and pictures and such while we're writing. And uh, so I, I think that's a good idea, Daryl. We will uh, put together a segment on that here before too long. And quickly, let me bring uh, Joseph. I uh, don't mean to uh, to blindside you here, but I was wondering, Alessandra uh, essentially invited you to put together a, uh, a group of uh, Velomobile uh, riders to do the Andes and go through the Amazon. Are you prepared to do that anytime soon? Fascinating <laughs> idea. Fascinating <laughs> idea, Gary. You know, just you do you do the fundraising, you know, for, for right. getting all the logistics. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll take care of the rest. You'll do the rest. Okay. Alessandra well, and I were talking about that. The area we've, the area that the desert camps all take place is very similar to the climbs. Mm -hmm. That are in the Andes, okay. and they are—it's serious climbing. I mean, it is just no joke, long climbs. And uh, I've been where you know, been, been where she's. She, I've not been to Elliot where she lives, but I've been in that area in the Andes. And you know, the roads are like this, and you're going to be doing that a long time. And um, you know, the the thing about it is, the first when I was there, which was a long time ago, the roads were pretty rough. What I understand now is they're not rough; they're actually very nice. And so we may do something someday down there. All right. That sounds great. Just another challenge in, in case you I don't, don't mind, have I don't mind. I yeah. don't mind long climbs. That's what I've got audio books for. It's one chapter per mile. 
and uh, right, that's right. Uh, he just yeah, I've been there in the Andes. Perhaps it better be a long chapter. So uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, uh, Trey, back to me if you would, and uh, thanks, fellas. We're, let's move along now to uh, our next segment, uh, which is a video put together by uh, Nina Paley. And uh, though she couldn't be with us today, she wanted to share her experience getting her beloved mango named Frosty uh, fixed up because she's had some mechanicals with it lately. So, Trey, whenever you're ready, let's have a look. How does a car-free Velenaut in central Illinois get her Velmobile serviced? I bought Frosty the Mango used in 2015, and I've since put over 10,000 miles on her. I manage basic maintenance, like tire changes, although not enough to keep two of her tires from splitting at the seams this year. But bigger repairs are beyond my skill set. As Frosty got more and more rattly and felt less and less roadworthy, I had to figure out how to get her properly repaired. Fortunately, Nicholas Hine created the Northern Lights Velomobile Club on Facebook for Midwestern Velonauts like me. I met him and Larry Plutz last year, and after my pleas for help this winter, they made a plan to pick up Frosty and repair her in Wisconsin. Larry ended up doing most of the work, and I got him to say a little about it when he returned Frosty last month. My name is Larry Plutz. I was first introduced to Velmobiles through uh, a bench rider member, Fred.U in Florida. And I bought my first Velmobile from Fred and my ninth Velmobile from Fred. <laughs> so, uh, let's get the cat out of the way here. <laughs> I enjoy recumbent riding, and it turns out I enjoy uh, fixing up uh, Velmobiles because I tend not to buy new ones. So, here's. Uh, some of the, the pieces that um, were replaced on, on Nina's Velmobile. Uh, had to replace the brake cables because these brake cables became frayed when uh, they rubbed against a, a steering bolt. Oh, wow. Yep. Next, the wheel bearings um, were probably not original to Nina's Velmobile, and some were a little crunchy, some crunchier than others. Here was one that apparently did not have a shield on it, and you can feel the roughness of it. This is probably a, a religious topic for some people. Do you go with a uh, shielded bearing or do you go with a sealed bearing? Because of the way the nature that the Velomobiles are put together, every one I've had has had a shielded bearing. And the shielded bearings are nice because they have less rolling resistance. They may be more subject so this is a metal shield here. So it's less resistance to spin. Whereas the uh, this the other type of bearing that, that's got the uh, um, rubber on it, 
is uh, prevents dirt from getting inside the bearing as long as the the, the shield the, is the on. shield is on. Uh, uh, but uh, the velmobiles, one side on the front wheels is protected interior by the brake. Then there's a spacer, and the other side is typically protected by a dust cap and a uh, either the cloth covering on the wheel. Uh, so they really don't get that dirty, but uh, those were replaced. And uh, here are some extra spokes. spokes. This is a little bit of extra eight-speed chain. Uh, the Mango Velmobile has two chains. In this case, one's a 10-speed. The final drive is an eight-speed chain because there's no shifting on it. And the eight-speed chains have uh, typically a stronger side plate. Here's the old chain that the, the wear on this chain that we replaced for the final drive could not be measured as it stretched beyond uh, uh, the number one on the park chain tool. And uh, here's a wonderful six volt horn. And you, you can tell by this uh, script here, this is designed specifically for a mango six volt system. And maybe one of the, the if anyone sees this, can explain how this uh, could possibly be a power side idler. I think there's maybe, was at one time nine teeth on this. One side is definitely higher than the other. At some point in the life of this automobile, I think this was bigger and uh, it also cut into the seat, which is uh, actually two out of three mangoes now that I've worked on has had a seat cut apart by the power side idler. And this was also repaired on Nina's Velmobile. The Wizard's Mango. Oh, really? That wasn't Doug Davis's mango? Yes. Awesome. And that's what cut through his seat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not gonna cut through my seat, right? Uh, no, there's, there's at least this much of a gap or more. So when you move the seat, any type of seat adjustments, I do like, uh, I sit in there and then put a piece of cardboard underneath and make sure that there's no contact with this. The, uh, another main chain change here is that there is now a chain keeper on the correct side, the bottom side, and this chain keeper is preventing this chain tube from getting caught between the derailleur uh, between the, the idler and this backbone piece here. It had caught, which was actually giving you two, two points of friction in your pedaling. So one was this idler was rubbing against the chain tube and the return chain was going through an ovalized gap in the chain tube. So you had restrictions going both ways. There, as automobiles pass from owner to owner, there are some unique fixes that are there. This happened to be uh, a chain tube retention thing that is actually a bent spoke. So this was attached 
to the same bolt the power side idler was on and extended out to a zip tie on a chain tube. Uh, this is not my preferred mechanism. I will show Nina what, what I did, which is a simple zip tie in this case on the front of the mango seat that uh, retains the chain tube and keeps it away from your power side idle. Okay, I'm gonna put on some pleated shoes and try the refurbished mango. Yeah, I like the stiffer steering column. Yeah, I did 10,000 miles without a working uh, horn. <laughs> now I have a horn. I find, I find that if I use the bell, it's calming to cyclists, right? It's like saying, I am a bicyclist. All right, Nina, we're glad you got uh, Frosty all fixed up, and uh, I'm pretty sure she's out riding right now. So thanks for that contribution, Nina. We will see you uh, next time around. All right, folks, I think uh, we're going to finish up here with our uh, tribute segment. Um, I want to thank specifically uh, Mac Shaver Jr. Uh, for sending these uh, pictures and his thoughts about his riding buddy, Ken Poindexter. Uh, now, I put together this tribute from his note uh, to me, and uh, what you're about to hear is actually what Max had to say. Trey? I, like so many others, discovered triking through Ken's Bent Rider Nation YouTube channel. I was basically sitting around wasting away in my recliner when I ran across these videos and thought, I can do that. I'm already reclining. All I'd have to do is pedal and steer. Soon I learned that Kenny lived only about 40 minutes away, only a couple of miles from where I grew up. When he invited me to go ride the Noose River Trail in Raleigh, along with Rob Flieger, I was reluctant as it was early on in my triking journey. But Kenny insisted. It was a fun ride, but I soon noticed I was falling behind Ken and Ron. The harder I pedaled, the further back I got. I chalked it up to being woefully out of shape, but when we stopped on a bridge for pictures, at Ken's request, I discovered I had a flat tire. Nothing would do but for Kenny to change out the tube for me. He wouldn't let me touch it. That's the type of person Kenny Poindexter was. Here he is on his Kenny P Signature Edition HP Velotechnic Scorpion. And here is his yellow Azub Tricon. I helped him install a Tongsheng TSDZ2 48 volt 750 watt mid drive in hopes he would be able to continue riding. But sadly, the tumors in his spine made it too painful. He wrote it once and sold it. This picture of him in the hospital bed was just about three weeks before he passed. I took a shirt folks signed for him at the big honkin' trike rally in Florida, 
and presented it to him there. He was a great friend to me, and I can't believe he's gone. Recumbent Triking has lost a great ambassador, and we've all lost a good friend. So long, Kenny Poindexter. All of us in the Bent Rider Nation miss you, and we wish the best for your family. Right on, pal. Okay, folks, uh, let's wind it all up. Uh, a reminder, uh, if you have viewer submissions you'd like to see on the Laid Back Bike Report, send them to us, media, text, uh, and they can all be sent to laidbackbikereport at gmail.com. And now let's uh, finish up with our wonderful sponsors that make this show possible. Starting out with TerraCycle. From fairings to headrests, whatever accessory you need, Pat and crew have you covered. And Trail Side Trikes. If you find yourself in Florida near the Withlacoochee Trail or in Knoxville, Tennessee, check out Andrew's shop and amazing crew. And Terra Trike and Green Speed Trikes. Your vision, whatever it is, Terra Trike has a trike to take you there. And Green Speed cutting edge designs create performance through Aussie ingenuity. And Laidback Cycles, the top USA dealer for Terra Trike and the premier source for Cat Trike, Ice, and Green Speed. We give you the freedom to ride. And Connecticut Yankee Peddler. We feature multiple brands of trikes, including electric assist models, test rides, and Southern Iowa hospitality are always available at our mega store in Cheriton. And Avenue Trikes. With gearing you need and the comfort you want, in stock and ready to ship so you can enjoy riding again. Dealer inquiries are welcome. And... Azub, if you want to see more of the beautiful and exciting custom-built bikes from these skilled guys, take a look at azub.eu and possibly subscribe to their newsletter. You will definitely be thrilled. And Recumbent PDX, Cat Trikes West Coast Megastore. Schedule your test ride on trikes with Pedal Assist Electric from both Bosch and Bafang. Roll-off and schlump component groups and adaptive builds. Experience the joy of Cat Trike. All right, folks. Our next laid-back bike report is going to be June the 12th at uh, 2 p.m., as always, Eastern Time. So look for the next uh, laid-back bike report then. Do you want to support us at the laid-back bike report? Gosh, we would appreciate it if you would like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and click that little eye up there for uh, taking you. That will take you to the Laidback Bike Report website where you can find out lots more about us and uh, a link to our Patreon page. So uh, you can join Patreon, uh, support us as a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. And all of these guys right here have done just that. So we thank them very much. Uh, and uh, 
yeah, the uh, last thing I want to talk about is our crew. Whoever is remaining, can we bring them up here, Trey? There we go. There's Larry and Joseph and Doug. Doug barely had a signal, so he probably had to take off. But guys, thank you so much. Great, great job, Trey. Thanks, buddy. You uh, you must have been like juggling there to do all that. <laughs> so, Joseph, thanks for contributing so much today. I really appreciated your help. And Larry, sorry we didn't get much out of you, but always yeah. worth it just for the picture. So, all right, guys, we'll see you next time around. And I want to thank, uh, of course, all of you for watching and supporting the Laid Back Bike Report. So, until our next webcast, from all of us here at the Laid Back Bike Report, so long, Bent Riders.